The call of St. Matthew to be an apostle is recorded in two Gospels. It's recorded in Matthew's Gospel, which we read this morning, and it's recorded in St. Luke's Gospel. Our account from St. Matthew has some ambiguities, if you're just reading it without a whole lot of background. For example, in Matthew, Jesus calls Matthew, says, follow me, and Matthew gets up and follows him. And if you're just reading it naively, you don't know, well, where are you going? You could be going, you know, to get a soda, or where are we going? Luke provides a couple of additional details. He says that Matthew left all, rose up, and followed him. Luke makes it clear that this getting up was a change in lifestyle, a, a leaving behind of one manner of life and going on to another one. And we should note also that that doesn't mean that Jesus walked by as a complete stranger and Matthew decided on the drop of a hat just to go do some new thing. This is the culmination. He's known about Jesus' teaching and ministry, and now he's being called. Much like what happens in our own lives of faith, Jesus will be at work in our lives, but then there'll come a moment sometimes he says, come, follow me. The other ambiguity in the story in Matthew is there's this party in the house, but whose house? And what's the party all about? St. Luke makes it clear that it's Matthew's house. So that what's happened is that Matthew has been called to follow Jesus and to signify this change in life and vocation, he has a big party which he invites all his friends to to celebrate the fact that he's probably not going to be in the same area doing the same things anymore, and also to introduce his friends to his new, as it were, boss. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, object to the party in Matthew's house because it involves, quote, tax collectors and sinners. Of course, that's what Matthew was. Now, the title sinner in the New Testament is a little bit more technical than what we think. It means essentially, in the language of the New Testament, non-observant Jew. That is, one was considered in the milieu of Israel to be a sinner by the Pharisees if one was not zealous to follow the Torah according to the tradition that had developed in the few hundred years before the coming of Christ. This made one outside of, 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 of the covenant promises. And the opposite of sinner, then, is righteous. So the Pharisees would have seen Israel as composed of the righteous people who are zealous to observe the Torah through the lens of the tradition, all the little rules that, are, that must be kept to keep the Torah, and sinners, those who did not do those things. And then beyond that, you would have Samaritans who were uh, outside because of their impure bloodlines and inauthentic traditions. And then you had the Gentiles who opposed God's people and who would be judged by God in uh, the day when God rose up to judgment. In the first century, Israel lived under the dominion of the Romans, as they had lived before that under the dominion of the Greeks and the Persians and the Babylonians. This was all a consequence of the judgment that God had brought upon Israel at the end of the Old Testament. Israel had been unfaithful. He kicked them out of the land, and ever since they came back and rebuilt, they were never fully independent. The Pharisees hoped, and this is a hope embedded in the Old Testament, that God would act again in history, 
that he would judge the Gentiles and vindicate his people, Israel, declare them to be righteous, and reestablish their position of dominion over the nations, a position that was epitomized during the reigns of King David and his son Solomon. In order for Israel to be accepted, to be declared righteous in this judgment the Pharisees believed, you had to be, they had to, Israel had to, her people had to be zealous for the Torah, had to, had to have zeal for doing God's will as defined that way. If you didn't do this, if you were not zealous for the Torah, you were undermining Israel's hope. This is why the Pharisees are upset about Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. Now we know there's a lot of other things going on with the Pharisees, but this is the framework in which they are operating. The Pharisees were not wrong in what they hoped God would do and thought God would do. They were just wrong about exactly how it would happen. They thought that they would be declared righteous by their zeal for the Torah. The New Testament reveals to us that in fact the Torah itself reveals our sin and shows us uh, how we fall short. So on a natural human level, we cannot by zeal follow the Torah. The Torah reveals us as sinners. Thus, their zeal for the Torah did not make them righteous, it made them hypocritical. Because if you claim a righteousness based on what you do, there'll always be something not quite right, some way you fall short. And self-righteousness occurs as we cover those things up in our own lives while we point them out in the lives of others. That's the epitome of, of, of what happens with self-righteousness. God did vindicate Israel by sending his son to become man and to fulfill the Torah on Israel's behalf. Jesus is the word made flesh, or we might say the Torah incarnate. Thus, wherever Jesus is, his presence necessarily redefines Israel. If Israel is defined by zeal for the Torah, in the life of Jesus it's redefined by responding to the call to repent and follow him. Because as we follow Jesus, who is the Torah incarnate, we end up following the Torah. And those who reject Jesus end up rejecting the fulfillment of the Torah. And the party at St. Matthew's house highlights this new definition. Those who were formerly thought to be sinners, but now were gathered around and following the Torah made flesh, became thereby part of God's new Israel. Those who refused to follow Jesus, to put their faith and trust in him, even though they said they were following the Torah, found themselves on the outside of God's new community. And this is the situation that the Pharisees are bemoaning in the gospel. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, 
and are zealous to follow him are God's new people. We are not righteous just because we try real hard to keep the commandments. We are righteous because we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. Our sins have been washed away in baptism. We are righteous because we continue to put our faith in Jesus Christ and continue to confess our sins and continue to be cleansed. As St. John says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then God puts his Holy Spirit in us. He plants it in us in baptism and it grows in our lives by grace. And the Spirit gives us the grace, the power to do in the Spirit what we cannot do on the natural level, do the will of God. We come to the altar of God to be made righteous by Jesus. The Eucharist continues the theme of Matthew's party. Jesus here invites sinners to eat and drink with him again and again. We are made righteous here by him, by what he does in us, not by what we do. As Matthew was brought from the position of being outside of God's covenant people into the covenant, so we who come to the altar of God as sinners are through our faith and the work of Christ in our lives made a part of God's people. Being made righteous does not make us self-righteous. We do not look at those who do not have faith in the same manner that the Pharisees looked at the tax collectors. We are signs and symbols of God's grace. And our experience is, our message, our testimony is, if God can do this in us, bring us from who we are and were into fellowship with him and into a new life, then he can do that with others. And like Matthew, our ministry is to invite people to come. Come see Christ whom we have met. The call to follow Jesus is only the beginning. Not all the guests at St. Matthew's house became long-term disciples. There is a party in Christ, but there is also a cross. And many are drawn to initial celebration, but don't always endure to the end. But the invitation to follow Christ is open to all. He changed Matthew from tax collector into saint. And he can change all who put their faith in him, no matter what we may have done. For those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. And Christ did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.